Hello and welcome back to Talking Europe. The war in Ukraine has profoundly shaken up European security. Sweden and Finland dropped their policy of non-alignment and applied to join NATO last year. Finland was, was admitted this April, but Sweden has not joined yet, and tussles continue between Stockholm and Ankara, which has yet to ratify Sweden's accession to the Atlantic Alliance. Well, relations between Stockholm and Budapest are also complicated with Prime Minister Viktor Orban saying that they would have to improve before Hungary can ratify Sweden's membership bid. To discuss these issues, I'm joined by the Foreign Minister of Sweden, Tobias Bilström. He's a prominent member of the Moderate Party, which is a liberal conservative party that's currently part of a minority coalition governing Sweden with the support of the Eurosceptic Sweden Democrats. Tobias Bilström was formerly Minister for Migration and Asylum Policy and also a minister for employment. Uh, thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you. Thank you. Merci. So let's talk about the latest from uh, President Erdogan. He's saying that he wants the sale of F-16 jets from America to be approved for Turkey, and then Turkey can improve your membership bid. Is there some sort of um, blackmail going on here, to put it bluntly? Well, uh, I wouldn't use that expression, uh, you do that, but, uh, but of course there is an obvious link and that has been done by President Adam himself and that was done for the first time in September this year. Now, obviously, Sweden doesn't have anything to do with the sale of any fighter jets from, from the US to, to uh, Turkey, uh, nor do we have anything to do with the sale of F-35 from the US to Greece, which is part of the so-called consortium which President Biden spoke about. Uh, this summer, just prior to the meeting in Vilnius, the NATO summit. So, yes, there is a clear uh, connection, but it not, might, not, you know, it might not just be between Turkey and US, but also with Greece and Turkey and US. One gets the impression, though, that President Erdogan keeps finding new reasons to delay your accession. At one point, he was linking uh, Turkey's entry into the European Union to your accession to NATO, which has got nothing to do with it. So do you think the F-16s is just the latest in a series? Well, first of all, there is a very, very strong support in favour of Sweden joining NATO. I heard that myself just the other week during the, the meeting of NATO foreign ministers in Brussels, where I participated. So we feel very strong support, not at least from France, towards our NATO accession. But you're quite right that there have been different phases or different sequences. Some of the things you you mentioned, took place uh, this spring just uh, in, in connection with the presidential and parliamentary elections in Turkey. That was one phase. Another one came at the summit in Vilnius. And at the summit in Vilnius, Turkey confirmed through the handshake that was made between the Turkish president, the Swedish prime minister and the secretary general of NATO, that Sweden had fulfilled all the commitments that we undertook the year before during the summit in Madrid, when we were accepted as invitees to, to NATO. Mm. So that was very important, that meeting in Vilnius. And after that, we have seen another sequence. I think that right now we're moving into a stage where the F-16 deal certainly plays a role. You don't have an exact timetable, no. as far as I know, for Turkish ratification. For Sweden, the most important thing is that this deal is, is uh, getting done because Sweden's NATO accession is going to uh, make a, a lot of improvement to NATO structures. Uh, the ability to defend Northern Europe will be improved and we join 
also with the 360 degree approach and with capabilities both when it comes to submarines, air force, space and cyber, which is very welcomed by NATO. So we feel the support, but we need to get the ratification from it, Turkey and Hungary. I should mention that you're in France at the moment, hence obviously you're in our studios meeting with uh, senior French officials and of course your French counterpart. Uh, you've been discussing cooperation in things like cybersecurity and space. What would it mean concretely if Sweden and France were both in the NATO alliance, perhaps on those two points? A lot of things. Um, I'm going uh, to visit also during my stay here in Paris, uh, the CNES, the, the uh, National Space, uh, Space Authority here in Paris, for, for discussions on this particular subject. Mm. Uh, we believe that France and Sweden have a lot of issues in common. There's a lot of, of room co for cooperation. We both have very strong natural defence industries. And Sweden is particularly strong when it comes to air force and when it comes to naval power, especially submarines, where we have capabilities mm. which very few can match us. Yeah. Also, incidentally, France and Sweden are the only two European member states of the European Union with the ability to launch satellites from our territory. Mm. That is something to think about. Critics of, of your government have said that Sweden has made too many concessions, though, on this road to uh, NATO membership. Uh, just uh, to read you a couple of past uh, newspaper op-eds, op one said, this is on the question of uh, the anti-terrorism legislation that was changed in Sweden. It said Sweden's soul was being corrupted, that human rights were now being seen as political problems. Another op-ed uh, said that the truth about human rights violations in Turkey was being concealed. What would you say to those kinds of critics and to some activists in, in your own Kurdish uh, community in Sweden? Well, we still abide within the laws, and those laws are, of course, fundamental, and they are based upon the, the Swedish instrument of government, which is in turn based upon on freedom of expression, uh, uh, very, very, very essential rights for everybody to say what they think and, uh, and what they believe in. There has been no concession in, in that regard. But I would like to point out one thing. The deliberations and cooperation between Sweden and Turkey following the signing of a trilateral memorandum in Madrid has shown that there was problems in Sweden with PKK activities. Mm. And we have dealt with that. We have taken that seriously and that has been acknowledged by Turkey. This is not to make concessions. This is to deal with serious problems. Let's leave Turkey to one side. I also mentioned Hungary in my introduction. What is the latest state of your... Uh, talks with Hungarian authorities about about uh, the NATO accession? Well, I asked my, my uh, uh, counterpart, the Foreign Minister of Hungary, just the other week at the, the NATO uh, Foreign Minister's meeting, if uh, Hungary still uh, holds to its promise that they won't be the last to ratify us, meaning that once Ankara starts to ratify, Hungary will follow swiftly. And his answer was yes, we still yeah. will maintain yeah. our promise. Uh, and, and the Hungarian parliament has already done all that is necessary. They only have a final vote left. They have done all the committee work. So they can move quite rapidly once there is uh, white smoke from Ankara. So you're pretty uh, optimistic that Hungary and Turkey will actually do this at, at exactly the same moment? Yeah, well, yeah. the interesting thing is that while we have had a trilateral memorandum with Turkey, Hungary never have put forward any claims to Sweden. Uh, Hungary didn't uh, make any conditions prior to allowing us to receive status as invitee at the summit in Madrid. And as it, we speak, 
there are still no conditions. Well, it was it was a general atmosphere, I suppose, of them being annoyed about uh, Swedish or at least past criticisms of rule of law issues in Hungary. I think that was the the sort of backdrop, anyway. Well, the key word might be past criticism. I think right. that where where we stand right now, I still haven't received any demands put forward by the by the government in Hungary. We've got a pretty crucial EU summit coming up. There's going to be some big decisions on Ukraine. As you know, Prime Minister Orban is saying that this is not the right time to put uh, Ukraine's membership of the EU on the agenda of the Council, that it's not the right time for to, to open formal uh, accession negotiations. Um, obviously, I imagine Sweden is going to push back against that position at the EU Council because you're one of the biggest supporters of Ukraine and you've just passed a 14th package of, of military support for Ukraine as well. True, true. Uh, well, yes, uh, on this point, uh, we have a very clear opinion from the Swedish government, supported also by a very clear majority in the Swedish society who wants us to continue with giving aid to, uh, to Ukraine and also believe that we should have a path for, for Ukraine towards EU membership. So, yes, th this is our approach. However, I have stated many times over the last days uh, the necessity of everybody understanding that we are now at crossroads. And every member states and also the inhabitants of member states who don't want Russia to win the war in Ukraine have to face really difficult decisions and make some really difficult decisions underway. Mm -hmm. And they are about prioritization, understanding that the multi-financial framework, the EU budget, cannot contain everything. We will have to abandon some things if we are to give give support to Ukraine. And if we are to overcome the difficulties which we are now facing, both with the budget, but also with this question about the candidacy, we have to make those, those, uh, those decisions. And that is a question about political leadership. Uh, asylum and migration are um, usually uh, quite important issues at those EU summits as well. Um, a, a while back, your uh, colleagues, or uh, let's say um, the, the, the party that supports uh, your coalition, the Sweden Democrats, they said they would not support the proposed uh, pact on migration and asylum. Is that still their position now? Are you going to have a, a real difficulty getting uh, this pact accepted in Sweden if it actually passes at the EU level? Well, that is, of course, a hypothetical question, but I do notice that there has been uh, already in, in the Swedish parliament negotiations between the Minister of Migration and represent, uh, representatives of the Sweden Democrats, and they were quite successful. So I think that we will be able to overcome that hurdle as well. Because we keep hearing from the leader of the Sweden Democrats that s asylum policy should be decided in Sweden, not by bureaucrats in Brussels. You think this is just noise? Well, the Sweden Democrats uh, are a support support party to, to the government and we have a very good cooperation and the question of migration and integration is a vital part of a so-called TIDA agreement yeah. which makes up the coalition agreement. But I, I'm not going to venture too far into that. The Sweden Democrats is, is in some regards also a party who has a right to voice their, their, their opinions. My government and the belief of my party is that we need migration policy on the European level in order to, to protect our borders and also, also to come to terms with the root causes, which is that people migrate from countries in Africa over the Mediterranean. We have to do this in collaboration with the Mediterranean countries, and that means that we need to have legislation which is based on a common European platform. We'll stop there. Thank you so much for being my guest, uh, Tobias Bilström, the Foreign Minister of Sweden. That's all for this edition of Talking Europe. Thanks for joining us.